Welcome to another episode of Tales Over Coffee. Every Friday we bring you a new guest and we talk about coffee and also other aspects of life um, such as fulfilment, finding fulfilment, finding purpose. Um, really pleased today. Uh, we've got a guest who runs Secret Siphon Club. So I met him in London, um, I think it was a few weeks ago now, wasn't it? Oh, that's been longer than that now. It's a few months, isn't it? Okay, cool. Time flies. Six sixty. That's the first time I met you, wasn't it? I think yeah. you were behind the bar actually. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So so yeah, um, Peter Summers from Brew Solution. How awesome. how's it going? Mm. Yeah, no. Well, thank you for having me. Um, no, I've been wanting to do this with you for a while. We've been talking about it for for a, for a number of weeks. Um, yeah. We we both um, I think have a kind of quite a similar. Outlook or philosophy on, on on coffee and where we're kind of going with that, I think, which is which is really nice, which is why I kind of want to share share some of my thoughts and um, yeah, we're both very into manual brew process, brew, brew processes, so that's kind of that's our thing, really. I mean, I do, I, I keep, I always end up having this argument with you. It's not an argument, but I always kind of keep criticising coffee machines, um, and you make an an, ex, an excellent argument about you know, the actual amount of detail and, and control that you have over, especially modern machines now, <coughs> pressure in the casket and blah, 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 and the recipes that you can store and, you know, it gives the barista a lot of control over what they're doing. Um, but essentially for me, they're still creating an automatic process. Um, and it still, I feel like, removes, um, is a removal from the coffee bean towards, a, a, you know, essentially a milky cup of kind of caffeine. Brown stuff. <laughs> yeah, just brown, sweet brown stuff, you know, yeah. and that's great. I'm not criticising that. That's lovely. I love it. I love a flat white. A good flat white has uh, really got me into coffee, probably that, in fact. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say, um, you know, before, too, yeah. Yeah, before I'd had a flat white coffee, filter coffee was really bitter and I had to add sugar and milk. Um, you know, an espresso, I just didn't understand, like, why you would enjoy that. Um, and then I kind of found that. I kind of realized, I wanted to cut my sugar intake down, to be honest, actually. It was kind of a bit of a health drive. I just say, you know, I'm eating too much sugar, I'm drinking masses of coffee because I really love sugar, which is, you know, which is silly. Um, but I found, I found that it was actually the process of producing that foamy, that type of foam milk that, that I got me obsessed. It was actually, it wasn't, it wasn't buying flat whites. It's, I've always worked, I've worked in film and TV for a long time, and, there's always a coffee machine in the post-production facility um, that you have access to yourself. So I probably spent two or three hours a day for about three years um, working on a coffee machine um, just to kind of perfect, you know, flat white latte art, you know, on my own. And, and this is kind of before it kind of all, you know, got a bit carried away on Instagram and everything. So there weren't the resources there are now then. It's a bit like trying to learn how to do a kickflip in the early 90s, basically. <laughs> it was like nowadays it's just YouTube and it's just everywhere. And I was kind of, it was just a little bit before it kind of really got really hectic in London. Um, and yeah, I kind of just really put, you know, put the time in with that and, and got there in the end. And that was really thrilling and exciting to kind of find out, you know, to, to just have a kind of, to, to be able to, imbue kind of technique and personality on something as every day as just a drink that you enjoy and and, uh, and they kind of uh, that fills my life really I find that all of my activities and actions I mean <clears throat> my professional career before coffee has, has all been you know behind the scenes engineering um, but 
if you've ever seen well I, so for wiring engineering spaces and, 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 and back rooms and mm. machine rooms for TV facilities and film audio facilities so we're talking you know millions of pounds worth of uh, installed electrical equipment and wiring and um, you know norm I mean the, you have to worry about you know, when you're worrying about whether the aircon can extract the heat that the machines are making, we're talking about those kind of spaces, you know, um, where the wiring looms are metres thick, um, you know, and I might be sat behind a rack for six weeks soldering cables onto the back of a patch bay that no one's ever going to see. Um, but I would absolutely ensure that every single one was aesthetically, you know, as pleasing as it was technically functional. I imagine that gave you quite a, like a scientific approach to yeah. To work, you have that? to be incredibly methodical. You have to process everything. You know, when you start to realise that, for example, if I take a piece of cable and I cut an end off, I get the connector, I disassemble it, I put all the connectors onto the cable, then I strip the cable, then I then I tin the ends, then I solder the cap on, I screw it back together, and then I pick up another cable. If I do, if I work like that, I'll get maybe ten cables done in an hour. If I just cut, cut 100 lengths of cable, dismantle 100 connectors, put all 100 connectors onto their bits of cable, strip 100 cables, tin all 100 of them, and then I'll, I'll do 100 in an hour. Wow. It's, that, it's yeah. like it's the division of labour. It, it goes back to um, this Victorian concept in pin making, where they originally, pins were all originally made by hand, and, and a pin maker could make something like 100 a day. They separated pin making out into 12 processes, so every single part of the making that pin was, was done by a different person. And then they, when they, and when you average out how many pins each person is making like that, it, it's, it's the same. So it's a 10 time multiple. So you, you're individually making about a thousand a day instead of a hundred. This reminds me of like Henry Ford production line. like Exactly, yeah. exactly that. It's just, it's just basically you're just, you're very quick at repetitive tasks. Mm. And the amount of time it takes your, your brain to engage from one process to another um, really, really is really quite is really quite considerable. Um, you know, putting down one tool to pick up another it doesn't sound like a long time. But it's massive. If you, when you're stripping, strip a hundred cables. The, the, the clippers don't leave my hand. They're just in my hand permanently for ten minutes. And then you put them down. and You pick up the next tool you need. You know, whereas picking down a tool and picking up another tool, that's what three seconds over an hour. You know, thirty times in an hour. You know, mm -hmm. it, so it, it all adds up. So in a way, you've kind of. You're doing now doing the opposite of that with the siphons in a way because yeah, yeah exactly and, yeah so the so the so in that the so the aim of the process is, is different that's can the you, thing can you explain what siphon is actually yeah so so I I got I got into siphons when um, I started kind of thinking about black coffee more so I kind of got out of the hole it's like you know I actually wanted to get rid of milk so, so I've already got rid of sugar. Um, now actually I want to cut down my dairy, so I, I wanted to get rid of milk, so I started playing around with trying to make an es and trying to enjoy espressos. Um, and I kind of, you know, I kind of got to the point where espresso was kind of working and uh, I was getting more into kind of bitter flavour, more acceptable, finding bitterness more acceptable. I kind of had an, an, an analogy with whiskey when I found my way into whiskey. I did initially like all the peaty kind of stuff and went into bourbon because it's kind of sweet and then Irish whiskies and gradually found my way into the sort of less peaty Scottish whiskies and, and now I can kind of, I could drink a, a peaty scotch if I wanted to, it wouldn't offend me as much as it did to start. So my bitterness, my acceptability for bitterness kind of increased, um, but I was still finding, you know, it just not particularly, I just wasn't finding my way in. Um, 
really in that same way and I sort of went and looked at Japan really for, for, for inspiration to see what they were doing with, with coffee. It was originally because of um, cold coffees actually. My girlfriend was obsessed with sort of ice, loves all the iced coffees in summer and, and I was kind of like, nah, that's right. And then I sort of realised that that was quite big in Japan so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll check it out. Maybe they've got a different way of doing it. Like, well, found out about the siphon, taking all the stuff. Um, so the siphon predates coffee machines. It predates like B16 pour over. Um, something like in the early 20s or something, is a, I can't remember the original. I think it's Berlin, right? Um, yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the sort of automatic one. Okay. Um, and then the, but the glass type that I'm using, which is just the boiling flask and the, and the funnel on top, that's a later, that's a later pattern. Right, um, cool. Parisian apparently, that's not an expert field, but um, I got, I got the Hario one to start with and I kind of played around with that for a long time. Honestly, I used, I brewed with that siphon for like a year, um, just kind of finding my way with it and, and just kind of experimenting and just, to be honest, finding it really frustrating and just making crap coffee, just with endless, endless <laughs> amounts of crap coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was just, I was getting really frustrated and, and finding that the, uh, I was finding the filter really difficult to manage, the cloth filter um, would either you needed to keep you know, it up. They use it once or twice, and sometimes it'd be all right. And sometimes you'd make you just realise that you made two or three coffees that are horrible because you can kind of taste the cloth. And and they've got various ones. They've got a metal one and paper ones. I've sort of tried them all. And my favourite is you can you can get a coffee that I, I can kind of make a coffee I like with the with the metal filter now, and I can I can make it a coffee I like with the cloth as long as it's a fresh one or it's been really well looked after. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of just stumbled across the, I stumbled upon the recipe um, sort of by chance really, because um, online you know all the kind of traditional Japanese recipes are quite, are quite um, I find quite aggressive um, in that you, they, they, you kind of expect it to, there's one technique where you add the coffee to the filter, so, so the side, sorry, I'll explain the siphon process, so you have, a, you have a boiling flask and a funnel that fits in it with a, with a stem. Um, that reaches into the bottom of the uh, boiling flask so that as you heat the water in the flask um, the gas pressure in the vessel um, forces all the water up into the funnel and the, um, the benefit of that is that the water is held at kind of an optimum temperature it's, it's held at sort of 85 degrees for that for the duration of the, of the, of the brew um, and then it's sucked back down through the filter when you take away the heat and the gas condenses um, so I, I was really drawn to kind of the magical nature of that process, you know, kind of my scientific background. My mum was a, a scientist and stuff like this, so and all of, and I've always had a bit of a glass, a scientific glass fetish, <laughs> to be honest. I can't, I can't help it, just my house is just always, I'm just growing up with all this lab glass and it's just, I don't know, it just, it just excites me. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, I also love like the, the little gas burner. I mean, I don't remember if you remember being at school, just kind of sitting mm. in the lab, just playing with a melting bits of glass on the Bunsen burner or boiling liquids in little tubes. Always really enjoyed that. Just found it really fun. And, and I've always really loved um, making people coffee and you know, or making people drinks. You know, just that social aspect. I love making someone a drink and then sitting down and just having a talk. You know, because if you're just sitting down without a drink. The conversation yeah. has to be important, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you could just got a drink, you can just chat and you're enjoying your drink, really. It doesn't really matter what you're talking about. It's just, 
It's kind of just uh, it's lubrication. We are drinking what I am. I am. I am listening. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just, it's lubrication. It's a social lubrication, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. And and I like that. Uh, and I like being the. I like being the. Um, the maitre d of that, if you like. You know, I like being the kind of the, the person. The host. Yeah, the host, yeah. the curator. The, That's cool. Uh, that that kind of thing. Um, where because because I enjoy I also I enjoy, really enjoy paying attention to detail and I really enjoy process and so the siphon for me was just like was spot on for that and 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 when I found a recipe that started talking about things like turbidity in the that talked about how important it is the way that you stir the coffee you know the tech how you stir the coffee when you stir the coffee how much you stir it the way that you stir it these kind of little details and I was like okay so there's more that this is more involved you know it's not just whack it in turn it on it put it drain it you actually there's, there's skill you know there's proper skill in this and and, and that, that is backed up by proper knowledge yeah um, and you really need to know what you're doing and I I'm, I'm very much at the beginning of my journey still you know I, I've designed my own siphons to uh, take into to, to use a glass filter and to remove those filter issues. It hasn't completely removed the filter issues. That they're, they're they're now kind of <laughs> really heavy maintenance on them and they're very expensive. Um, but they're definitely I'm definitely on my way to a superior design um, than the current filters out there. Um, Can you explain the filters? Um, I won't I won't go into too much detail. Um, yeah. They're, they're basically just a solid glass disc um, that I can control the porosity of. So we can we have different porosities. So they so essentially the pores in the in the filter are different sizes. So we can I can scientifically control um, those sizes and choose different size discs. Um, which which we're going to do some experiments with actually. That's I'm really looking forward to with your refractometer. So that's mm -hmm. had some fun with that today. It was really good fun. It's really interesting to see. That uh, it's not it's not necessarily you know I mean you can go a long way with common sense in coffee and mm -hmm. then you get to things like that and you kind of go you know this isn't necessarily mm -hmm. common sense you know saying to get more solubles I need to use less coffee you know that's and, I, and, I, and I've heard that you know people say that before that's just completely that's just not what you think and especially with full immersion you know I really wasn't expecting that to be true mm -hmm. of a full immersion process. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. And yeah, and so if, you know, it's 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 uh, what I love about coffee is that again, it, it there's real depth in it, and you know, with uh, and and those depths just just benefit you, you know, so that the deeper you go, the more you enjoy it, and the more you can get out of it. Um, and I've got to I've got to a kind of a limit of my personal exploration without now some sort of scientific backing. So I'm I'm about to take courses, um, do some brewing courses. Um, because Jeez. and I'm really excited about that. I mean, it's going to be it's really expensive, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be good when, you, when it's done. Yeah, it's going to be really valuable, and, and I want to be able to add because I want to be able to serve my customers and, and, and my friends and you know the best cup of coffee I possibly can. And that, that's my motivation. It's to genuinely be better at making coffee and um, and know, yeah, so. know what I'm doing more and to, to spend less time with trial and error and spend mm -hmm. more time. You know, making positive, important decisions. You know, being able to kind of very quickly take a coffee, work out what the best recipe and for that specific roast is, um, and and that's the kind of knowledge at the moment that I'm struggling with. It's, is that that's that stuff that I'm just finding out 
you know, by trial and error, to do a brew, do a brew, do a brew. Is that nice? Was it nice? No. And I, I, I'm at the point now where I'm kind of, I've had the experience with my siphons to know, for example, okay, like, like we did earlier, you know, we did a brew. It brewed quite, it extracted really quickly. It pulled through the filter quite quickly. So it's like a two and a half minute brew. Um, and I knew that was a bit short. I was like, okay, average about three minutes. I find that about three minutes is tend to, tends to be about right if I've got the stirring right. Um, and that's to do with just the grind, really. So the only real variable that I play with, really, are, is, is the grind and the stirring. They're, they're my kind of, everything else I try and kind of keep constant, just because my lack of knowledge as much as anything, in that it becomes incredibly difficult to delve into the other variables. Um, you know, grind and grind It's a real choice, isn't it? You have to like, have real intention to, to want to... Yeah. Explore that, right? Well, yeah, and, I, and you need the tools and the knowledge. Like for me, it's like you're saying to go, okay, so I've measured the, the solubles and it says, yeah. by this graph, it says I should actually be using less coffee. Whereas I would kind of go, okay, that extracted quite quickly, I'll increase the grind because that will, that will pull through more quickly. And we did that experiment and it didn't work. It was actually mm -hmm. much less pleasant and much less solubles. So that was, you know, that was, that was really interesting. And, and uh, it's, 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 it's finding out stuff like that, that you know, looking into that level of detail because mm. what I would then have done you know without that knowledge without at the point that we were without that first coffee I probably would have just um, I probably would have stirred a bit more I probably would have maybe given it a bit of an aggressive stir maybe reduced the grind slightly mm. uh, and then maybe just kind of gone maybe not found that that result worked and felt a bit frustrated as well and maybe just gone back to where I was because that was because it wasn't a million miles away that was the point was that, yeah, like, yeah. that was still a servable cup yes. of coffee I know, I've kind of got the skill and level to get to that point, but then I know there's a, that 1% that we're talking about that's actually massive, potentially, you know, an exponential uh, range, mm -hmm. you know, that's quite a big thing, and, and just that 1%, and I think for me that's, that's the difference between just a coffee and, and a speciality coffee, it's probably just that 1%, you know, mm -hmm. and I just think that London kind of, for me, London's really missing people that are kind of taking it to that level because you know it's so hard to make a living in London your coffee shop just has to work financially and you know like you were saying as well that I think there, there isn't enough expensive coffee in London there isn't enough proper speciality where people are actually going you know people are considering things like square mile and you know proper speciality and, and, and I mean, yes and no. I, yeah. I would say so. I, would say I mean, yes, they, yeah, but, but absolutely. And I love Square Mile, and it's not a not yeah. criticism against them, but they're, they're like my, they're one of my benchmarks. But yeah. actually, if you were talking to like an SCA, like roast taster, roaster, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be on the map. They wouldn't be on the map. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I think they're far too, they're, they're far too large. I mean, I, I drink. So you, so you like small. I, 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 mean, I mean, I'm talking like we're talking about the absolute creme de la creme. I mean, we're talking about coffee that I'm not even necessarily going to be serving because it's, you know, because I just, at this point, I genuinely don't feel I have the skill level to actually, to make the most of it. And I would actually just be, I wouldn't be paying the coffee that you respect. You know, like an 80 pound a kilo bag of Gesha. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it, I, would, I would be wasting a lot of it. You know, I'd do two or three brews to, to dial in the brew. Mm. And that's like, okay, so I'm like 15 pounds down already, you know, yeah, and serve right. anyone a cup of coffee, yeah. you know, is that I don't have, you know, that I want to make that super, super elite level, that's what I'm calling speciality, I think, I think that we, I think that the, the tendency in London is, 
to overuse those, to overuse these words, you know, which ones? like speciality, okay. artisan, and yeah. you know, these kind of things. How many artisans are there really <laughs> in coffee? Like, seriously, does anyone yeah. even know what that means? Um, you know, I, yeah. I think we're talking about artisans are people like uh, you know, change the world. You know, who, who make lasting designs that have that have a new take on something. You know, somebody who's just really good at something. That's not necessarily an artisan, you know. Like, um, is it like a, a maker or someone who? Yeah, but we're talking. You know, you know we're talking like craftsmanship. Um, yeah, we're talking. Yeah. We're talking like on the kind of like you know, like on the greats, like the Mozart level. And, you know, that's a proper artisan. You know, below that, I think a lot of people try and get away with using these words, and you know, and all they really mean is that we're really we're putting a lot of effort in, and it's really good. Mm. Yeah, that's great. So it's marketing. For their business, yeah, and and you know, I think we need to. I think we need to draw the line between proper speciality, like SCA, and commercially like better than Starbucks. You know, there's a big there's. You've got proper commercial coffee, Dowie Eggbirds or whatever, and stuff you find in supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your what's what what calls themselves speciality, like uh, you know, like anyone um, on that on the square mile kind of level. Um, I think well. For me, like square mile got me into speciality, and yeah. I think that the fact that they have that uh, influence from the both founders means that they can make direct links to farmers and they can go directly to source. That's for me something I, I aspire to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have they have all of the resources of of a speciality coffee producers, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, for me, they, they they have they are still a benchmark for me. You know, I think they are. I, th- I just think that they slightly suffer from the scale of their operation. I think it's difficult to get the coffee as freshly roasted as you could right. from somebody genuinely, that I would call genuinely special. But I mean, again, it's, I'm possibly being a bit unfair, but I just, I think, um, you know, just on the price scales of things as well, you know, we, we, it's just unachievably, potentially a bit unachievably expensive and, and realistically to get that stuff unless you're doing it yourself. Like, like we were talking about, if we had our own roaster and we get you buy in a bean and you, and you roast it freshly there. Speciality is really just about... So keeping it fresh. Keeping for me, it yeah, it's just, it's just that. You know, yeah. like, like Beavertown, for example, as a brewery. They were a speciality brewery, from, to my mind. Um, they were one of the... They were established as, when they came out, they were, they were not quite on the level. They, they, for me, they were kind of a bit square mile. They were a bit of a square mile thing. You know, they kind of came out... There was... You had like... Um, yeah, the Colonel and stuff like this really kind of paved the way for, for all those other breweries. And, and the Colonel is genuine speciality beer. You know, they're, they're micros, mm-hmm. micro breweries. Mm-hmm. He, you know, the, he, he basically, what, you know, he's, he's very involved in it all. They specifically didn't want to upscale to keep it speciality because it means that you're getting the bottles within a certain period of time and, uh, yeah. and all of that kind of thing. It's just freshness. I mean, yeah. it's nothing... It's nothing like necessarily ability or bloody blah. It's just I do think it's kind of shit the same day, Bruce. Yeah, I mean, you probably you probably can get like, yeah. like you probably can like if you've got a really good working I'm relationship. Square mile, I'm like, I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> I always, I always use square mile. I always criticize square mile. Like, you, you kill me. And I don't want to. I don't like. I said, I really, I love square mile. Yeah. I love square mile. They, 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 they,
they are they are so good and there is that and that's kind of like that's the danger is that I think if you kind of think you're on that level and you think that that's speciality then 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 well, that's what, dangerous. What speciality to you? Speciality to me is 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 like a bag of green beans that an SCA official has actually bought in Africa and roasts while you're in the shop or you know, on that kind of Why? level. Again, We're talking like unachievable. Um, essentially, um, in, in, in most coffee shops, but that's kind of what I—that's sort of what I want to try and achieve—is—is mm-hmm. is this idea that, you know, instead of just turning up and buying a product, um, you know, you go somewhere where you know there are people, special people working, you know, celebrity, as it took for one of a better word, celebrity chefs, you know, celebrity barista, celebrity roaster, you know, I want to create a space where, you know, you come to witness people who are the best in the world, you know, the peak of their game. Because speciality, you know, there isn't, where do you go from that? Speciality, what is an expert above speciality? And then, you know, speciality has to represent the absolute best because, in the world. I think, for me, because, because the name was, you know, it was like the 70s when, when it was first used, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a long period of time for, for a name to stick yeah. for so long. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a better coffee. Because there's no guarantees, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. And but yeah, I just think that we should just—I think we should reappropriate that name. It's like, um, I mean, I love the fact that the SCA is merged with the Euro, uh, you know, American Europe has merged. Yes. Now I see a lot more programs like the Leeds Scholarship, and exactly, new roasting pro uh, initiatives, which is why I'm in coffee stuff because it's about people coming together, and it's, that's why you know. Yeah, exactly. It's that community thing, and I, I, that, that's what kind of what, you know. It needs to be kind of like it's almost like we need a like a. It's a bit like the football league, you know. Like if you're saying you're <laughs> in the Premiership, you're in the Premiership, mm. you know. You're and there's proof of that, and you're you're competing against all those other teams, and that's how right. it works, you know. So like the what guys, you... the guys who who like the, for example, the guys who win all the barista cups and blah blah, blah you know, they're speciality yeah. baristas. That's a speciality. If you've got one of those accreditations and you've won that, mm, that yeah. then you're a speciality dude you know yeah, that's, that's, you yeah. can say that then you know if you if you're SCA approved roasting mm-hmm. and, and one of those roasters would have any SCA guy would come around and approve of your roast then you're then that's speciality but to actually then experience speciality coffee as a, as a customer that's a, a this is what I'm getting at yeah you know, square mile may well be speciality coffee but for you to actually experience that as a speciality cup of coffee is quite tricky you know, you have to go to a coffee shop that you know has a barista on that speciality level, um, and their co- and the coffee has to be free, you know it has to have been you know within. I mean, I, I've been getting really frustrated with how how quickly cof- coffee like moves away from the peak. You know, like you open a bag and within two mm. days it's. I, mean, I, I already this is already not as nice as it was on Friday. You know, and, and that's or on Saturday. In fact. I opened that on Saturday. So that's kind of I think that's that's the goal, isn't it? Is is to keep that speciality all the way through the chain, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's quite easy because of square miles, mass market kind of thing. But and it's not their fault. Um, but that's exactly why Colonel Colonel didn't want to scale up his process because he was aware of the fact that other people would then sacrifice his quality. Not not him. You know, he's his 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 beer's gone out as it should. Just as square miles coffee goes out as it should. You know, potentially competing with any other speciality coffee um, but you've got to rely on all the other the rest of the chain has to be as strong um, and, that, and that's what I want to do that's why I'm going to be training um, and 
and that's why I'd love to work with some roasters and eventually kind of be able to go all the way through, you know, from A to A, all the way through the process. Um, but unless you can deliver that quality the whole way, I think you, I think you need to be very careful about using that, that terminology. And I know it's difficult because we're competing in a market where other people are, and if you don't, then you look like you're not. But <laughs> I don't know where how I've ended on speciality so much, but uh, sure. well, yeah, yeah, no, that, that that's uh, that's kind of where I'm coming from, really. And, and I, th I just think as well, I just think you know, as long as you, as long as people are trying, as long as, I think the most important thing is trying and, and enjoying the process. And, and mm. if you've got an exciting yeah. coffee shop that people are enjoying being in, or you're making coffee that is enjoy an enjoyable process, I think that counts for a lot. As long as the cup is within the realms of enjoyable. Um, what was it, 20, 21 we won, right? <laughs> it has to be, man. 21. Uh, yeah, or oh, I'll send it back. <laughs> Try it down the same. Oh, no, it's been, uh, yeah. Um, Thanks, nothing. Great to chat to you. And uh, your, how can people find your secret siphon um, bonanza? Uh, yeah, the club. So, if you, um, the best way to find out about what we're doing really is, is on Instagram. That's at the moment, um, Brood Solution. Uh, on Instagram is, is where um, we're kind of I'm, I'm throwing a lot of my energy at the moment. We've got um, we've got a space that we use in Crouch End for the weekend clubs. Um, it's in the town, the uh, Hornsey Town Hall, which is really really cool. It's like an old 1930s building. Um, they're about to turn it into uh, uh, what do you call it, a hotel and a big block of flats. So we're only there till um, the end of October, I think. Now we've been extended. We've got that space and, and we're hoping to open a, a, another site um, soon. It's still a bit secret. Um, we're, we're actually there at the moment, but <laughs> we're not talking about it. Um, yeah, just, just licensing stuff. Um, so if I can jump through all the hoops, hopefully um, we'll be opening the club um, on, a week, on a weekly basis, on a day-to-day -day basis. So, and bring your vinyls, right? Um, yeah, vinyls. Um, I mean, we're hoping to kind of just make a community kind of constructive space for, for sort of professionals and enthusiasts really so really um, so it's just yeah coffee galore basically uh, except for no coffee machine <laughs> well I mean we're, we're, we're kind of trying to do a really green thing as well so there's no we're off grid it's all solar power the water's all reclaimed off from the roof uh, not that we use that for coffee I'm sure that's so uh, we've got some issues with with that so it's it's um it's really fun you know it's it's a kind of get involved kind of thing um it's not necessarily a kind of clean cut, polished kind of walk in, buy a coffee, walk out. And I kind of want it to be a bit more, a bit more rugged, a bit more, you know, feel a bit like when you walk into a tailor's, you know, and it's kind of that kind of idea rather than walking into Martin Spencer's. Fantastic. Um, great. Thanks, man. No worries. That's Peter Summers, and see you next Friday for another episode of Tales Over Coffee.